No, I already know that you're not going to listen to me. But I'm going to preach it anyhow. Amen. I had a fellow one time, I was a preaching on the home and the subject, and he jumped up, sat about the third row back on this side, and he jumped up and he said, I don't believe it, but preach it anyhow. <laughs> so if you feel that way tonight, uh, I feel sorry for you. I'm going to preach it anyhow. I went to a meeting for the first time I ever heard of uh, Brother Ed Ballou. Anybody, uh, y'all know Ed Ballou? Know of him? I went down to Gainesville here, Brother Ed Ballou, uh, down there in Gainesville, Faith Baptist Church. I was sitting about halfway back, big church, sitting about halfway back. And I'm sitting there, and he's preaching. And uh, he didn't see me come in or nothing. I was there, and he's preaching. And he didn't even know me, tell you the truth. That's the first time I'd ever seen him. And he's preaching and he's going at it. And I jumped up with my Bible and I waved and I said, Preach it, brother. And he said, I'm going to. <laughs> so tonight I'm going to. Let's take our Bible, please, and turn into the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 7. I only have about six different places in the scriptures or so, maybe a few more, but it's at least six little points about this, but it'll take us all night to cover it. I won't, I won't get it all covered. We'll just get what we can of it. The role of a man is very important before God, but the role of a husband, and you ladies ought to appreciate this tonight. I may say some things about you or to you, uh, just in try to make you remember what God said and what I've already preached before. But basically, I'm going to talk to the men, husbands in particular. If you ain't a husband, that don't mean that you're not involved. It just means if you ever become one, you know what to do. And it also means if you get to the place that you ain't one, you're going to wish that you had. Amen. amen. That's right. Now, Brother Burl said amen, and I know why he said amen. I don't have a wife either. And some of the stuff I'll preach tonight, I practiced it. Amen. Tried to, but I didn't do it to the fullest. There's not a man in this building that's been the right, perfect husband. Your wife will say that. And if you've got any gumption about you and any God about you, you're going to say the very same thing. None of you men tonight, and Virgil fits in the same bill here, uh, we'll talk about and we say tonight, listen, I wasn't a perfect husband. I hate that my wife didn't have a perfect husband. Yeah. Amen. I hate that she'll never have a perfect husband. We won't have husbands, well, ladies won't have husbands in, in glory. Amen. We won't be known that way. And I hate it tonight that you wives have to say that you haven't been a perfect wife either. And we're not going to pick at what we are. We just know tonight we are fallible creatures, but I want to give you what God says. Amen. So let's stand in chapter 7 of the book of 1 Corinthians. We want to read a few verses of Scripture. I will read tonight the first five verses. I won't comment on all of this because I want to come back again 
And I also want to preach on the biblical view of marriage. So I'm going to use some of the scripture that I'm going to use tonight for the husbands. And I'm going to save a little for later. Alright, he said, Now concerning the things whereof ye wrote unto me, it is a good it is good for a man not to touch a woman. Then it says, nevertheless, to avoid fornication. That's having sexual relations without marriage. Let every man have his own wife. Let every man have his own wife. Not somebody else's. Have his own wife and let every woman have her own husband. That kind of lays it out like God wants it. One man for one woman, one woman for one man, until death do us part. Now the Bible says also in verse number 3, let the husband, here we are, we're going to talk about husbands tonight. The word husband is mentioned 104 times in the Bible. The word husbands is mentioned 19 times in the Bible. It said, let the husband render unto the wife. In other words, give to her, do what needs to be done. Render unto the wife due benevolence. We're going to talk about that in a minute. And likewise, also the wife unto the husband. Verse 4 lets us know that the husband is obligated to his wife. And verse number 4 tells us, uh, to, uh, uh, verse number 3 tells us that the wife is obligated to the husband. Amen. There's not a man or woman in here that's married, but what is not obligated to each other. You're not your own anymore. When you get saved, you're not your own. You belong to Christ. When you get married, you're not your own there either. Many miss this today. Verse 4 said, The wife hath not power of her own body. Ladies, after you become a wife, you don't have power of your own body anymore. But now look at this. But the husband, and likewise also the husband hath not power of his own body, but the wife. The wife has power over the husband. The husband has power over the wife. I get so tired of hearing these little cocky fellas jump around saying, Bless God, I run my place. And they brag about it. And I'm going to share some things tonight you're not going to like. Verse number 5 said, Defraud ye not one the other, except it be with consent for a time that you may give yourselves to fasting and prayer and come together again that Satan tempt you not for your incontinency. Now you can be seated right there. And let's pray. Father, give us wisdom tonight. I pray you might help us to be strengthened in the, in the faith, encouraged with the power of God, help us to declare the word of God, give us liberty, unleash our tongue tonight for the glory of God. May, Lord, we hear the truth. May we accept the truth. May we believe the truth. May we live the truth. I pray your will might be done. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right, in chapter 7, we're talking about tonight... The husband and the wife. I'm not going to get into all the details of this because I'll have 
to be coming back. It's just like I said last week about the widows. I didn't get it all preached. I'll have to preach it some more. The Bible uh, is hard to be exhausted with little our little peanut brains, and we can, and certainly you don't want to stay two hours tonight uh, doing the fanning you're doing. But look in here what I'm saying tonight. He said in verse number three, let the husband render unto the wife due benevolence. What does benevolence mean? It takes on several meanings, and I'll give you the best I can from it. It means to be good to and expressing kindness to, for one. Every man ought to be good to his wife. I believe wives would be better to the men if they'd be better to their wives. I believe husbands would be better to you ladies if you ladies would be good to your husband. Now I look at this tonight and I get it, I, I, I get admired at some something. Have you ever seen somebody that looks like they're 70, 80, even 90? A man and a woman come into a place of business. I sometimes see some of them old men go around and open the door for the little old lady. Some of you men probably quit that long time ago. And uh, they, they open the door for the little old lady and help her get out and go. And they go into a restaurant. And uh, uh, I've seen it in different ways. And I'll just give you the little scenarios. It irritates me. I get irritated when I see a man and a woman, I don't care what age they are, they walk in, she looks around, and he looks at her, and he says, what do you want? And she tells him, and then she goes over here and sits down where she wants to sit. Most of the things today is where the woman wants to sit. I, I sometimes see it come in, and the lady looks over at him and says, Where do you want to sit? And she said, it don't matter. I say she's obedient. If she picks her place out and tells it, I say he's henpecked. You understand where I'm coming from? And if he looks at her and said, it don't matter. Where do you want to sit? It don't matter. Where do you want? It don't matter. Let's just sit down somewhere, honey. I admire that. I see him get the food, bring it over. I see her try to get it all set down for everybody. Even helps and sometimes gets up and goes and gets something, bring it back. And I see him getting up and going and getting something. And then I see it opposite. I see a man come in and sit down and flop in over there. Don't pay much attention. She brings it all to him. She waits on him hand and foot. Gives him everything, runs up and gets a condiments and brings it back over there and sets it down. And he thinks that's exactly what she ought to be doing. I married her to take care of me. You see, I don't believe that a wife ought to be a slave to a husband. I do not believe tonight that a wife ought to be a mother to the husband. I do not believe tonight that the, uh, that the wife should be a sister to the husband. I do not believe tonight any of those. But the Bible says that she and him are one body. 
and they're treat they're to treat each other like they belong to each other and like they love each other. Amen. Don't this need to be preached across the country? Amen. Well, it means tonight that he his benevolence is to be good and express kindness to her. You ever seen a, 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 a man come around and said, get that, do that, bring me that. Hey, some men go home in the late day and they'll say, where's my supper? I despise to hear men, especially at my age, and after I've done give up my wife, my sweetheart, and I don't have her tonight, boy, she'd love this sermon. She'd say, preacher, you're preaching to yourself. And you need to hear yourself. But I get irritated when men are so demanding of their husband, or their wife, excuse me, because they feel like they own them. You don't own your wife, men. Lady, you don't own that man. I'm going to explain to you tonight what you have got. You don't have a boss on either side. The Bible didn't say that the man is the boss of the house. He said he's the head of the house. There's a difference between boss and head. Amen. Whoo, I wish I had a crowd. I'm dug in on this and God's given me a message. Amen. I don't care how hot it is, I'm going to preach it. And so here he says, let the husband render unto the wife due. 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 What's that mean? It means that which she deserves, that which she's supposed to have, that's which she's supposed to get. You're not to run in this thing. If I feel like it, I will. When you marry a wife tonight, I want you to know it's different than taking on a job. It's different than getting some position in life. When you take on a wife, brother, I want you to take you're taking on part of somebody else that's going to become part of you. And she's going to be equal to you. Oh, there ain't no woman equal to man. Let me tell you something. Women and men are not equal in the terms that you're thinking about tonight. But that woman deserves as much respect in the home and in the the same marriage as you do. Every one of you men ought to whisper sweet nothings to your wife the rest of the night. When you get home. You ought to hug her up and say I love you. And tell it so much and mean it from your heart. That she's going to look at you and say it's about time you stopped. (laughs) But expect to stay up a while. Because women like that. I feel so sorry for some of these ladies sometimes. And look at them. I mean they expect her to look like she's real sweet and pretty and they don't care they'll come in smelling like a skunk looking like one too skull in one side of their mouth and then said let me have some sugar 
She ought to box your jaws. And I hope you don't use that skull around here. But we'll go a little bit further. That means tonight, give her due benevolence, it means to meet her needs. I don't know whether you men know this or not, but she's different than you are. I don't know where you ladies know this tonight, but he's different than you are. Now you're going to hear me preaching in later days that women have the same job to do to their husband as the husband does to them. He comes home one night and he wants to kiss her, hug her up, and she says, not tonight. Got a headache. The Bible said you don't have that right. That's right and fella, you don't have that right either. The Bible said you don't belong to yourself. You belong to her. The Bible said, lady, you don't belong to yourself. You belong to him. That's right, amen. Come on now. Amen. Don't die on me. We'll have a funeral. <laughs> I'm serious. I go on a little bit further. Not only should you meet her needs. You said, well, I can't never figure what her needs are. Stop. Slow up. Talk to her. Some of you men ain't got time to talk to her. You done come in with a job on your mind. Amen. Everything else on your mind she's not interested in. Amen. When she's made the beans just like you wanted them. She's cooked the bread just like you like it. She's got your house cleaned up. You said, preacher, we could talk about that all night. If it's dirty around her, why don't you help her? (laughs) Boy, my wife like this. Amen. She would. And it goes on to tell us, and I believe tonight, that if you do your due benevolence to that lady, and you are to count her as a lady, as a princess, she's a queen of the home. Most men treat their wives like they're tramps. I don't like to hear men talk about their wives. I've done it in days past. I know it's not right. I know it's not Bible. And every man in here has done it to some degree. One time to another. Not me, preacher. You're the first one I'm talking to. I told you to start with I wasn't a perfect husband. Neither are you. But there's some things the preacher needs to preach to us husbands about. Then he goes on down and he says, defraud ye not. You need to provide for her. You need to meet her needs. You need to be good to her. And verse number 5, and this is talking about a sexual content. Defraud ye not one, the other, except it be with consent for a time. Amen. I won't get plain and ugly with this verse. But we got adults in here. You can figure this out if you've if you got a, a kindergarten education. Amen. Right. Right. 
Defraud ye not one the other except it be with consent for a time that you may give yourselves to fasting and prayer and come together again that Satan tempts you not for your incontinency. Now what does that mean, preacher? I'll sum it up for you. Be glad to. That means that you meet your wife's needs spiritually, mentally, physically, financially, and any other way there needs to be met. And what you do, if you keep her happy, she won't be roaming her eyes up and down the country and you'll never have to worry about her walking out on you. Amen. Now, fellas, goes the same way to these ladies. You need to make sure you, uh, you know, my wife, she'd always say sometimes, and women have ways of telling things. I don't believe my wife would say anything for me telling this tonight, not in the manner I'm preaching it. But she said, I know. I say, I love you. She told me that a hundred times a day. Actually, you men probably hear that a lot. And sometimes, you don't have to tell men over and over and over, you love them. You put the salt just right in the beans and you'll know it. She wears your old dirty clothes. Clean up your mess you make all the time. She proves to you she loves you. But my wife would say, yeah, and just see it now. I'll die in six months. You'll have another wife. I know they say it. I know that's what they say sometimes. But I want to tell you tonight, brother, it's hard once you had a wife that was a good wife, it's hard to find somebody that will fit her shoes. Amen. <laughs> Amen. That's right. Well, I'll get off of that subject. So you don't defraud from her just like you don't want her to defraud from you. Now I want to go to another place in the Bible. Time is catching me and I, I, I'd like to cover this. I'm not going to cover these six areas. I want to look at it. I'm going to have to come back and preach this again later. We won't go to Ephesians tonight, chapter 5. Ephesians chapter 5. I'll try my best to light in on this and say as little as I can. Make it as plain as I can and then we'll go further. In Ephesians chapter 5, I want to point out several verses. You ought to read from verse 21 down through 33 when you get home. Now, I don't, want, don't, want, I don't want you women going home tonight and say, now you know you didn't hear the preacher. You didn't listen to the preacher. Because this turnabout's fair play. In a few days, I'm going to get to the place about the wives. When I talk about the wives... Matter of fact, I'm going to preach about all the wives that's mentioned in the Bible. That won't be very happy. The first one failed. Many of the rest of them failed. So, ladies, don't go home and you didn't hear the preacher. He needs to preach to you again. Because it's going to come home to you too. This Bible is very plain and God wants us to walk the straight and narrow. Husband, wives, men, women, boys and girls. So I'm just going to point out a few verses. Verse 23. 
The Bible said, for the husband is the head of the wife. That don't mean he does all her thinking. That just means he's in charge. Nothing wrong for you ladies talking to your husband said, do you think we ought to do this? If he's got a head on his shoulders like he ought to have, he's going to search his uh, his answer before God and he's going to come back and tell you why or why he, why he can't do it or why he ought to do it. Then the case is closed. If you've got a husband that won't pray... I feel sorry for you, ladies. You got a wife that won't pray. I feel sorry for you, men. Don't this get kind of strong? This is tough, ain't it? But this is what God says. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, and he is the Savior of the body. Now, Let's go on down. I'm hitting a few verses. I could say a lot more there, but I'm going to skip it. Verse 25 says, Husbands, love your wives. God did not tell you to love your wife if you feel like it or when she's acting right. He didn't say love her if she's not mad at you. He didn't say love her if... Uh, if you if she's in the mood or out of the mood, Amen. he said, "Husbands love your wives." And then he goes on to say, "Even as Christ also loved the church and gave Himself for it." And he's saying to the men, "You are to love your wife, and you be willing to give your life for her." Be willing to die for her just like Christ did. She is your bride. And it also means that you're not going to, and you take that little vow when you stand before the preacher and uh, that you forsake all others and you keep yourself to her unspotted, you know, uh, from the world in those areas. And it means that you keep your eyeballs poked up in your head and uh, amen. You ever seen uh, men sitting somewhere out in the public and, and uh, he's sitting with his wife or something and somebody goes by half naked and he's just doing this and I've seen wives reach over and quit looking at her. I've seen it happen. All right. And then he says in verse 28, So ought men to love their wives Notice here is the key. Here's what you need to see. Here's the kicker. Here's what God wants you to get a hold of. So ought men to love their wives as their own bodies. I think my feet's the ugliest thing I've got. But you know what? I love my feet. (laughs) I couldn't walk without them. You with me? And God said, I want you to love your wives as you love your body. And if you put as much emphasis on your wife as you do your own body, you won't have to worry about her screaming at you. Amen. Amen. She's headed up. Oh, let me do that, sweetheart. 
said, Preacher, you're, you're crazy. <laughs> I may be, but I'm right on target. Amen. Trash will pile up and pack up and roll over and run down. And you'll say to yourself, I hope she hurries up and gets that trash up. It stinks. Why don't you get up and get it yourself? Amen. Amen. Who told you that's her job? You? Did, how many men in here love to take out the trash? Love to take. I mean loved. You get up every morning to see if the trash needs taken out. How many love it? Oh, don't tell me that. <laughs> how many of you ladies love taking out the trash? Well, we will. Let's let's get out of that. That that's not really right. It's as much a woman's job as it is a man's job. And so, husband's waiting on her to do it, and wife is waiting on him to do it, and it don't get done. And then you say, you know what? It sure would be good if you'd take the trash out every once in a while. And you know that's really going to make things go good at the house. When she fries that egg in the morning, she'll burn it just a little bit just to prove to you she can. Men, you don't have power over your body. You don't have power over her. You are one. You said, well, preacher, I think both of us ought to take out the trash then. Well, that kind of be aggravating for both of you. You get in each other's way. Not be too bad. <laughs> well, we're not going to get into his and her stuff. I don't like that either. People come driving down the road and it's got a his tag on the front and a her tag on the next vehicle. See, we're living in a society that's different. We've got a man that wants to have what they call a, a man cave. That's where he can go and just get away from everything. And in our later days, we found out now that they got she sheds. <laughs> Ladies, men, what makes you think tonight? Amen. That you need to have your own little space. I get tired of hearing men and women say, I need my space. Me and my wife, all the years we was married, I always told her where I was going. It's not because... It, I just wanted her to know where I was. It wasn't because I was scared of her. I'd say a lot of times, Honey, you want to go with me? No. Well, I'm going to go over here. Okay. But men just come home and decide they can do what they please. And don't. listen, that's like telling your left foot you're going to step over this way and the right foot's going to step over this way. Left foot's going to step. You know what's going to happen. Right? We're going to have an accident here in a minute. I believe... You, you, and I believe your wife ought to know where you're at. I believe your husband needs to know where you're at. 
my wife did that to me and I did it. To, wasn't, I was trying to keep, oh, I, I, you was jealous. No, I wasn't jealous. I loved her. I had a good woman. I had a good wife. I treated her good. Amen. And she loved me and I loved her. I wish she was back. I miss her. Brother Burl, you know too, don't you? Miss Burl, you know too, don't you? And some of you other ladies do. Some of you other men do. Brother Virgil misses his wife. Miss June misses her husband. Amen. Miss Sue L. I ain't so sure she misses you. No, I know he did. <laughs> You understand where I'm coming from? This needs to be preached up and down our nation. In verse number 29, it said, For no man ever yet hated his own flesh, but nourisheth and cherisheth it, even as the Lord the church. Amen. I see some of these men take off and... And pardon me tonight if you don't like what I'm saying. You can remedy this if you'd like. I believe a home is made for us to come home and eat together. Yeah. Amen. Or if we're going to go to eat somewhere that we take our wives or our spouses with us. For all the years I was married to my wife, she would feed me in the breakfast area in the morning. Only time I ever eat anywhere without her is when I was had to be on the job somewhere, had to take my lunch, or I had to take my break, and she wasn't with me. But I always enjoyed coming home in the afternoon, and she'd have me a meal fixed, or if she didn't have time to fix a meal, we would uh, go get something and eat. I'm not a cook, so I couldn't help her cook. I wish... I'd have learned. I'm paying for it now. Guess what? We'd sit to eat together. Sometimes it might not be at the table. Now my brother's staying with me now and I've tried to eat with him every time but now i got to where I just eat when I take a notion because he won't eat when I eat. He won't eat breakfast till 10, 11 o'clock. Breakfast. I know, but at 10 or 11 o'clock, I'm wanting to go get lunch, and he won't, he's just eat breakfast, and he don't want to eat. In the afternoon, I want my meal, if I, and he, he don't want to eat then. He eats later. I ain't used to that. Of course, I'm not married to him, it don't make no difference. Understand? And I believe that that's when the best times of our life is when we are associated with our wives and we are eating together and having a family a relationship together. In verse number 30, he said, For we are members of his body. And so we nourish our body. And uh, amen. And we try to see that we all eat together and work together. Verse 30 tells us that we're members of his body, of his flesh, and of his bones. And that's what she is. We are a husband. is not his own. We are together. Amen. Are you with me? And he said in verse 31, For this cause shall a man leave his father 
and mother and shall be joined unto his wife and they too shall be one flesh. That's a fact today that people don't recognize. A lot of little boys has been mama boys. And they get married and they want mama in the mix. And mama ruins the marriage. Little old girls love mama and they get mama in the mix and mama gets in the vision of it. Amen. And I'll tell you, I don't care whether you're a man or a woman, it's just not customary and it's not a common thing for you to love your mother-in-law like you love your mother. I realize that. But the Bible said, you men, you boys, when you men marry, you're to leave father and mother and you've got your own life to live and you leave it with that spouse that you choose that God places in your heart and life. He said, well, I picked out this wife and I picked out that wife. That's the problem. I want to say this. I dated several girls before I got married. Never treated any of them in a bad way. I'm glad it didn't take me long to find out what kind of women they were and what they're going to be. And so I just waited and I said, Lord, and the next thing I know, God sent me a wife. Amen. And fellas, you ought to do the same thing tonight. You pray God sends you a wife. Ladies, you pray that God will send you a husband. And I'm not talking about you It's already married. It's too late. <laughs> Adam's the only one that could send the woman you gave me. But God can send them. Amen. Don't expect I'll ever get another one. Because God will have to send them and they, they're hard to qualify the way I preach. I know one preacher, he's, he's still alive. He married another preacher's wife and he was a wimp before he died. And guess what? He didn't want her going to Walmart and didn't want her having a TV. And she left him. Amen. Can you just imagine what happened in my case? You see what I'm saying? But God has got to lock you up with your husband or your wife or it's going to be a mess all the way. Amen. All right. You join together. He says in verse 32, this is, the great, this is a great mystery. I've been preaching on the mysteries, but I speak concerning Christ and the church. Nevertheless, let every one of you in particular so love his wife even as himself. In other words, do you love your wife tonight, fellas, as much as you love you? I've made this statement many times. I sure do like and love my wife's husband. I said that many times. Some of you men have said that. But do you love your wife like you love you? That's what God says and demands of you, and that's what He expects of you. 
I didn't write this book. God did. He said, and the wife see that she reverence her husband. Reverence. That means that she's got to give him reverence. Your husband needs the reverence. You, you give him the honor. Yeah. I ain't going to have time for it tonight, but I've got it in my notes here to come to it. Turn over tonight. I'll give you something quick and go on. And I know my time's got me and you're burning up. And amen, I done built a fire under you on top of it. Colossians chapter 3 and verse 19. The Bible says, now I can just, it, it's not too hot for me to preach. I love to preach. I done got loosened up now. My lungs are open and my tongue and throat is open. And I feel God's presence and it's easy to get the words. Amen. Colossians 3 verse 19 says, Husbands, love your wives and be not, uh-oh, bitter against them. Fellas, I won't ask nobody to stand. I won't ask no man in this building to raise his hand. I won't ask no man to shake his head, yes or no. But have you ever been bitter to your wife? Don't answer it. Except to your own self. Bitter. What's it mean, bitter? Bitter. Don't want, be, don't want to be messed with. You've done something, said something. You know, to, to treat your wife like you're supposed to treat her, love her like you're supposed to love her, things that you say about your wife today, fellas, if somebody else said that to you, you'd knock them in the nose. But yet you're telling that to your precious, precious wife. Amen, that's strong preaching. But it's Bible. If you can show me in the Word of God that I preached anything wrong tonight, you can tell me. I didn't say according to what you think. That's against this book. Let's look at something else. 1 Timothy chapter 3. I'm going to go ahead and give you these. And I'm not going to spend much time on it. 1 Timothy chapter 3 and verse number 2. The Bible's talking about a man, he's talking about a husband, and he's talking tonight about a preacher. But in chapter 3, verse 2, it said, A bishop then must be blameless. Notice this, the husband of one wife. Amen. Vigilant, sober, of good behavior, given to hospitality, apt to teach. Now, they got other versions today, and they can have three or four. I know some preachers right now that's pastoring churches. Got three or four living wives. And God told him to get rid of all the others. I can't believe that, but that's what they say. In verse 8, it says, Likewise, must the deacons be grave, not double-tongued, not given to much wine, not greedy of filthy lucre. But he says uh, there that they uh, have got to be at the same thing, and they've got to be the husband of one wife as well. In verse number, I guess, 10. And let these also first be proved, then let them use the office of a deacon, being found blameless, even so must their wives be grave, not slanders, sober. And it talks about it in one of those verses there, and I missed it. Amen. He's supposed to have one wife. 
Well, verse, I didn't get down far enough, did I? All right. Let the, wife, uh, let the deacons be the husbands of one wife. Amen. You see it? All right, let me give you another scripture. In 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 7, here's where I'd like to stay a while, but I don't have time. Ain't you glad? 1 Peter chapter 3. 1 Peter chapter 3, verse number 7 says, and it's talked about Abraham, and it's talked about Sarah. The Bible said that Sarah called Abraham in verse 6, Lord. I've heard women say, I ain't calling my husband Lord. You loved him like you're supposed to and reverenced him, you would. And I'm not talking about in comparison to the Lord Jesus Christ either. In other words, I don't see why any woman tonight would not want to be classified as in obedience to her husband and reverence her husband. But in verse 7 it said, Likewise, ye husbands, dwell with them according to knowledge, giving honor unto the wife. Uh Uh-oh. I ain't supposed to give honor to my wife. What Bible are you reading out of? You give your wife honor. It's a strange thing for me. You'll marry a woman, she'll bear children, go into, into the brink of the shadow of death and bring children into the world, and then you're going to look at her and uh, dominate her and not give her no honor. The old man says, I'll have to check with the old lady. That's not giving honor to your wife. She's a special, special commodity. Woo! I hope you men go home with a different attitude than you did when you come home with your wife. I mean, come to the church with your wife. Likewise, ye husbands dwell with them according to knowledge, giving honor unto the wife as unto the weaker vessel. You might as well see this tonight. God has already told you that the woman is the weaker vessel. She knows that if she's got any uh, God about her. She knows she can't hold the garden and somebody says, I do. She knows that she can't Make a living like a man can? Said, I can. Well, you just need to find your place. Given, under, given honor unto the wife as unto the weaker vessel and as being heirs together of the grace of life. Now you could put a period there, but you're going to miss why he gave you the verse. And it goes on to say that your prayers be not hindered. God says if you don't give honor to your wife and you don't honor her as the weaker vessel, you can get down and pray and seek God all you want to, but God will shut heaven upon you and you can't get a prayer through. Amen. I didn't write that. Some of you men and women went to bed mad at each other at night. After a period of years, you know it works that way. It's not what God wants, but we'll do it. 
Look at Ephesians chapter 4, verse 26. I promise you, I read this verse, I'm going to quit. I don't want to, but I'm going to quit. Ephesians 4, 26 says this. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 26 says, Be ye angry, and sin not. That's a hard thing to do. But I want to use this last part of that verse. Let not the sun go down upon your wrath. Don't ever go to bed and try to go to sleep. If there's any division between you and your wife, if you have to stay up to 3 o'clock in the morning. Now that'll work with more than just the wives and husbands. I mean, you may have to tap her on the shoulder and kiss her on the head and go get her a cup of tea or get her a glass of milk or something. You may have to prime her up and I mean pet her all night long. But you want to tell her, I'm sorry, honey. And you don't quit till she says, oh, I'm so sorry. I guess it's time to go. I can just see some of you saying, oh, that won't work around my house. Try it and see. Amen. Heads bowed and eyes closed. Thank you for coming.